the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert, is in studio with us once again. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. It's uh, going to be a great day, I think. I can... Absolutely is. You know, happy Easter. Yes, happy Easter. Do you have some traditions that you're going to let us know about that you do this time of year? Or uh, Well, church, you know. Of course. What it's... a great celebration. Oh, you know, wow, I mean, yeah. wow. The Lord's risen, right? He is he risen. risen yeah. Indeed. No yeah. doubt about it. So what a wonderful thing. Yeah. Praise, Praise God. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, we're going to have a special Easter show this this uh, this morning. Uh, we will have callers call in. We will have a, a, a special guest that's going to come on and, and uh, talk to us a little about Easter, and we'll introduce him in a little bit. But before we do that, we always open up the show with, um, you know, what happened in the markets this week and sort of the prognostication of what we're looking at down the road with the markets and the economy and stuff. So the economy seems to be clipping along pretty nice. Lots of pro-growth policies coming out, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But, you know, this coming week here, next week is going to be all about corporate earnings. What are corporate earnings going to be? be, How are they going to come in? And the anticipation is if they come in a little bit stronger than than in the past then um, or, or as predicted, then we could see the markets catch another leg up. So we've got a lot of geopolitical issues happening right now, and we're getting into the throes of earnings season. For those of you who want to understand what earnings season is, each quarter the publicly traded companies that we buy stock in have to report their, their corporate earnings and show their balance sheets and everything like that. And so – January, February, and March, the quarter ended March 31st, we now have to uh, get their reporting earnings in April and May for the most part. And so a lot of companies are going to be reporting, and people buy stock based off the future anticipated earnings of a corporation. So hence, if the earnings are good, then we could see the prices move up a little bit, which could help bring back in line the price-to-earnings ratio, some sort of technical formulas and things like that about is the market valued correctly and, and things of that nature. So stay tuned for this coming week's lots of stuff, geopolitical, unfortunately, as well as mm-hmm. corporate earnings. Hey, let's shoot on over to Maryland and welcome Samuel online. Good morning, Samuel. How are you today? Fine, Larry. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Uh I have to take my required minimum distribution this year. Okay. And I'm wondering, can I invest that in in my thrift or just what can I do besides take it and pay taxes? 
Well, that's the gig right there. You can take it and pay taxes and then reinvest it, but not back into your TSP. So uh, are you still working at the government now, Sam? No, I'm not. I'm completely retired. Okay, so, so you have money left over at the TSP, and you have, you're being forced to take the money out, correct? Correct. You may want to look at pulling the money out into an IRA. Here's the reason why. Uh, well, well, first, let me answer your question, and then I'm going to give you give you uh, something to think about here. When you're 70 and a half, you're required to take out your minimum distribution. You can you you can pull the money out just as you identified, pay the tax on. You can reinvest it, but you cannot reinvest it back into an IRA or the TSP plan because that money is housed as pre-tax dollars. Do you see what I mean? So you can reinvest it back in, but into a taxable account. Or if you're still working, you can actually put it into a Roth IRA. But you cannot put it back into a pre-tax position. I I do do some uh, volunteer work where I get a salary for. Okay, as long as you're paying FICA tax, you know, you're getting your state, federal tax, plus Social Security tax. If you're still working, then you are eligible to take this after-tax RMD money and put it into a Roth IRA. So there it's going to grow tax-deferred for you. And as long as it's in there uh, till it's seasoned for five years or, or to 59 and a half, which you're over, then you can pull out the earnings on it completely tax-free. And one of the advantages here is it sounds like you don't need the money that's in the TSP to live off of. So by putting the money back into the Roth IRA in this example – you can pass on a tax-free inheritance to your heirs. Correct. Yep. I, so. I don't. I, I have. I, I miss. I misstating that. I already pulled it out of the TSP and put it in a, a traditional Roth, and that, that's why I have to pull it from now. Okay, I'm with you. So you put it into a traditional IRA, not a Roth. Correct. Correct. I had a Roth. But uh-huh. it was a smaller amount, and I couldn't add to the Roth because of the income. Right. You were at one point. You were making too much to be eligible to put money into the Roth. Right. Correct. Okay. So you took the TSP and you rolled it out of the TSP into a traditional IRA. Correct. Okay. So now you're taking your RMDs, required minimum distributions, on that. You can pull the money out. And here's a little unknown fact. Again, if you're over 70 and a half and you're working, you can contribute to a Roth IRA. So as long as you're working, as you mentioned, Sam, you'll be able to pull the RMD money out, pay the tax, and then reinvest what you're eligible for into a Roth IRA. But I'm limited to how much income I actually have. Am I correct? Yes. For Are you married or single? Married. So your adjusted gross income needs to be somewhere around 180 some thousand dollars in order for you to be precluded from putting money into a Roth IRA. Is your income above that? No, no, I'm I'm below that. Okay, then you should be good then to be able to put the money into the Roth IRA. And just to let you know also, in case your income does exceed that number, you can still make a non Oh no, I'm sorry, you can't cuz you're over 70 and a half. So the only way that you can do it is if you stay underneath the income limits. Okay, but I'm limited to that amount of actual earned income. Yes, if you have $4,518 of earned income, then the most you can put into the Roth is $4,518. Okay, I'm going to have to call you off there, and we got to figure out what to do with the rest of this money. 
That's fine. Sam, let me go ahead and put you on hold, and we'll have someone reach out to you next week and set up some sort of a phone call where one of our advisors can give you a hand, okay? Thank you. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold, and happy Easter to you, sir. Happy Easter to you. Yep. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We were talking before the call about what we're looking at next week in the markets, and a lot of it's going to be based off of earnings. Again, if earnings are coming in as anticipated, um, then we should see the, you know, uh, some, some positive action there. But we also have a counterbalance you know, with the geopolitical issues that are happening around the globe right now. So it's going to be interesting to see where things are. And this is why it's important to understand what's inside your portfolios, to understand the risk level that you have in your portfolios or that you don't have in your portfolios. Uh, one other thing before we get into some of our Easter uh, festivities this morning was uh, this past week I had an interview with uh, Market Watch, and they were they were asking me, you know, hey, what are the what are the 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 things that you're seeing in the market and the economy right now? Is it overpriced and and stuff like that or not? And so I talked about sort of the three pillars of the stool that we're looking at right now: the Federal Reserve, corporate earnings, which I just talked about, as well as fiscal policy. And so we need to keep our eye on the Fed. The Fed says that they want to raise three times this year. They've already raised once. So raising interest rates, getting to a more normalized interest rate environment is a good thing, providing it doesn't choke off the oxygen to the economy, making interest rates too high too quickly. Then we also need to look to see the fiscal policies, you know, what President Trump and his team are trying to put through as far as spending, as far as trade, as far as corporate tax reform, uh, health care, you know, individual tax reform, you know, all those types of things are all coming to play right now this year. So it's a very interesting time uh, to really be looking at, at the markets and from an economic standpoint, a, a fiscal standpoint, Fed policy. It's it's a lot of fun. To, These guys uh, at the to, Fed are just using like a little small screwdriver on the old carburetor, just barely giving it a little gas, right? Yep, there you go. That's right. So uh, let's, uh, let's welcome Paul on the line. Good morning, Paul. How can I help you today? Good morning. Yeah, uh, thanks for taking my call, Larry. Um, I was interested in it's kind of two parts to this. One is uh, uh, whether a brokerage account could work in a Roth IRA. I realize there's limitations. Um, and then number two, where would you suggest that I do that? So, Paul, so describe to me what you mean by a brokerage account because they 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 could that could be all types of things. What do you mean by a brokerage account? Well. Interested in is, uh, you know, just very limited in a very limited sense, uh, you know, with a very limited portion of my portfolio to invest in certain stocks that I happen to think are going to do very well. You know, just a limited amount of money, probably so you just want to sort of in the IRA limitations. Okay, so you just want to sort of Roth. carve off a little Roth IRA brokerage account and put it in XYZ stock and let it run and watch it, right? Correct. Yeah, that's easy to do. You can do that. That's not a problem. And who um, would you recommend I do it through? Well, you know, um, if you're going to be doing it yourself, then you want to make sure that you, you use a custodian that's going to give you the least cost for trades. Mm-hmm. That That's okay. very, very simple right there. So you want to find, you know, if you're going to be doing it yourself, then find so like I use you, Vanguard for my 401k through my company. Is that a good option to use for a brokerage account? 
Well, with Vanguard, when you open up a brokerage account, my understanding is that you'll probably be using their funds. But if you wanted to buy individual stocks, you may want to look at some of the independent uh, custodians, you know, the online brokerages and things like that. So, so they would not let me uh, purchase uh, individual stocks then? I'm not sure if they would or not. They may have a link to it, but it may co- end up costing you more than if you just went direct to – Like through Schwab or somebody. Correct, or, or somebody like that, yeah. Okay, thank you for your help. But that's easy to do. Okay, Paul, good luck and happy Easter. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, it is it is Easter – which is just wonderful, wonderful weekend to to celebrate, you know, the uh, resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And um, I have a dear friend of mine. He's uh, Pastor Denny Glusco. He's he he pastors um, the youth home, uh, Youth for Tomorrow. Joe Gibbs uh, Youth for Tomorrow in uh, Bristow, Virginia. Which which really you hear advertisements on it for our show or, or on our show for for the youth home. They've served hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of kids over the years. You know, um, uh, kids that are that are problem. You know, that that are just having a tough time in life. And uh, it's, oh, it's faith based, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful organization. So I've asked Denny to come in and and um, uh, give us a, sort of a monologue on 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 Easter. And uh, he's not in the studio here, unfortunately, today. But we've we've got this pre recorded, and I wanted to go ahead and just just sort of play this and just sort of sit back and then I'll be back uh, in uh, probably about uh, 15, 13 or 15 minutes or so. So I'd like to introduce Pastor Denny Glusco and just a wonderful, wonderful man and uh, know, knows the Lord and knows knows the Scripture very well. So, uh, Chris, let's go ahead and uh, roll that right now for Easter. Larry and Chris and all the folks at Making Money Sense, thank you for giving me the opportunity this morning to spend a few moments with you in God's Word and talking about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which we celebrate tomorrow morning, Easter Sunday. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Tomorrow morning, those words will be echoed throughout many Christian churches in the entire world that he has risen and he has risen indeed. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the essential cornerstones of the gospel message. And it is the segment of those cornerstones that embraces the very completeness of God's message through the scriptures, where eternal life is found in no one else other than the person of Jesus Christ. We'd like to take a few moments this morning and uh, go to the best place I know to talk about Christ and his resurrection, and that's the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, Please turn with me. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, and we're going to begin by reading verses 1 through 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. 
And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. I share these verses with you so that we can not only hear, but come to know the truth of the whole gospel message of salvation, which includes the birth, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is God come of the flesh, true God and true man, according to the scriptures. And you find that in the Gospel of John in the first chapter, verses 1 through 3, and certainly verse 14. There are those in the time of Jesus, and even yet today, who did and do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And yet the Word of God reveals the necessity of the resurrection in the whole gospel message of salvation. Let me share with you a little further on here in 1 Corinthians, verses that show and reveal the significance and importance of our Savior's resurrection bodily from the grave. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15 again, but this time we're going to start in verse 12. And let me just read several verses of Scripture, keeping in mind as we do that it's going to talk about if there is no resurrection, where are we? And if the resurrection indeed has incurred, that then sort of culminates or puts that capstone on that gospel message. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be a false witness about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised for if the dead are not raised then christ has not been raised either verse 17 says and if christ has not been raised your faith is futile you are still in your sins then those also who have fallen asleep in christ are lost if only for this life we have hope in christ we are to be pitied more than all men verse 20 but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the death comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. It's evident in these verses that we just read that the resurrection of Jesus is of great significance and importance in the completeness of the full gospel message of eternal life through our risen Savior. Remember, he has risen. He has risen indeed. It's critical also in the life of every believer that we do not take lightly the resurrection of our Lord. And too often, we seem quick to move past the events of Christ's life here on earth. We seem eager to get on to the very next day of life 
not only is it critical for us to to remember what Jesus Christ has done for us through the resurrection and and through his birth and and death and burial, but we must live out the fullness of the gospel message, proclaiming Christ and him crucified to a lost and a dying world. There's a conversation recorded in the scriptures between Jesus and Martha. Martha was a sister of Lazarus, whom Christ raised from the dead. And prior to Jesus raising Lazarus from the grave, Martha questioned Jesus about his slow reaction to getting there on time before Lazarus had died. As a matter of fact, the words in the scripture, Martha to Jesus, go like this. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. And certainly the timing of Jesus Christ is always perfect and right on time. Yet there seems to be something about our, quote, human nature that we like to try and fit God's time and God's ways into our time and into our ways. And yet the scripture is very clear. His time and his ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But somehow we want to bring Christ into our agenda. Well, let me tell you, Jesus was not too late, or nor was he too early at the gravesite of Lazarus. As a matter of fact, if he would have been either or, then we would not have heard his response that he gave to Martha. And he said to Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. These last four words in this verse may be the most significant words here in this verse of Scripture, and they are, do you believe that? That's how Christ ended his statement to Martha. Do you believe that? What is it that one must believe to inherit and or gain eternal life? That's the question that he's asking. Let me just share a few thoughts with you from the scriptures as to what it is a person must believe. First, it's a belief in knowing that man is a sinful being. And because of my sin, I've been separated from fellowship with Almighty God. It tells us that in Romans 3.23. And secondly, it is a belief that the penalty for my sin is death, both spiritually and physically. We see that in Romans 6, 23. It is a belief that Almighty God sent the Lord Jesus Christ, his one and only son, to shed his blood on the cross of Calvary in payment for my sin. You see that in Colossians 1, 21 and 22 and many other verses of Scripture. It's also a belief that mankind must turn from his or her sin. Repentance. The book of Acts tells us that in 419. In the book of Luke, it says that if a man does not repent, he will perish. And it says also that this belief that he speaks of is that there is only one way back to fellowship with Almighty God. And that is through Jesus Christ. There's a segment of our world, well-known people, who are proclaiming that there are various ways to be restored to fellowship with God. But the scripture makes it very clear in the Gospel of John that Jesus Christ is the only way. 
Many preach several ways, but there is only one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. It's also part of that belief that it is by God's grace and mercy that you are to be saved, not by your own works, nothing of ourselves that would ever bring us into the kingdom and restore us back to fellowship with Almighty God. We find that written for us in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It tells us, by grace you are saved through faith in Jesus Christ, not of any works that of yourself. It also tells us in Ephesians 2.10 that we have been created and crafted in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has created for us to do before one of our days came to be. It's possible for man to do good things, but they may not be God's good things. The things of man, the Bible says, will be burnt up as straw and, and hay and stubble, yet the works of Almighty God is that that builds up the body of Christ. It elevates the name of Jesus Christ. It's that that God has set for us to do that gives him and him alone glory, praise, and honor. And one of the final things that is in this question that Jesus asked Martha, do you believe that, is the belief and knowing that to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's in God's word in the gospel of John chapter 1 and verse 12. You see, all of these things that I've sort of briefly outlined for you and more have been given to and paid for for you and I through the birth and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember, he has risen. He has risen indeed. As we bring this to a conclusion, I just want to say thank you for listening this day. I am mindful every time I have the privilege to share Jesus Christ, that it's always an audience of one, that the intimacy is between you and Jesus Christ. And yet you've given me a privilege this morning to share briefly about the precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There may be someone out there this morning who has been struggling with that personal relationship with Christ and has never repented of their sin, and has asked Jesus Christ into their life. And yet there may be someone out there this morning who this may be the first time you've heard of God's precious love for you, and how he has given his one and only son to shed his blood for you, and to die on a cross of Calvary for you. Well, my prayer for you this morning is that God's Holy Spirit would prick your heart this very moment with the blessing of the gospel message and that you would take this moment in time and repent of your sin, turning from a life of destruction to the cross of Calvary and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, believing upon his name. And the Bible says that to all who call upon his name, they would receive eternal life. May this be your day of salvation. And to my friends in Christ who are out there this morning, who enjoy that saving relationship with Jesus Christ, 
May you and I never be content with the place we find ourselves in with Christ Jesus, but that we would be found faithful, that we would remain obedient, that we would hunger, and that we would thirst after the righteousness of our Savior, that 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 we seek is to hear what Christ is desiring to say to us. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And that we would love Jesus Christ with our entire being, every part of our person would be given over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and that we would love others around us. As the scripture says, we are to love those as we love our Self. What a blessing it is that God has given to you and I that we can humble ourselves before him and just enjoy being his child. My wife Diana and I have a simple saying regarding our personal relationship with Jesus Christ and with one another. Jesus, you be Jesus, and we will enjoy being the sheep of your pasture. May God's grace and mercy richly fall upon all who are listening this day. To you and to your family, I pray that you have a glorious celebration of our Savior's resurrection. Again, thank you for the privilege that you've given me this morning. And remember, he has risen. He has risen indeed. Well, amen and amen, Larry. What a wonderful message from Pastor Denny. It is. It is. It's always, you know, it's just amazing when you sit down and you speak to people who have the gift to be able to teach, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and listen. So Denny, Denny always hits, you know, he always hits the cover off the ball, as I like <laughs> yes, to say. He does. He That's really for does. sure. So praise the Lord. And uh, let's take a quick break here and we'll open up some phone lines. If you have any questions on anything, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. But you're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show on this wonderful, wonderful Easter weekend. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Hi, this is Norm Allen from the American Lifestyle Media Network on Roku and on Web TV. You know, America has always been the home of the brave, especially in business where stepping out to create business and services is a bold move. American Lifestyle Media is one of those ventures. We provide Internet streaming programming on Web TV and Roku and all devices. You can subscribe today and be informed and inspired on the Out of the Norm Show, Expedition Texas, Young Country, Built on the Blues, and Freedom of Thought. It's television programming designed for you and your family. Just go to watch.americanlifestylemedia.com. That's watch.americanlifestylemedia.com. We hope you'll take advantage of our special 99 cent per month introductory offer only for a limited time. American Lifestyle Media. We're caretakers of the American spirit. 
This is the Larry Rosenthal Show on a, an Easter weekend with your financial and retirement expert here in studio, Larry Rosenthal. If you'd like to dial in, we've got some phone numbers available for you. Any questions that you have at all, or if you'd like to share an Easter tradition, we're welcoming all calls today at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Absolutely, Chris. Absolutely. So we've got some callers calling in. Uh, they don't want to be on the air, but I think they want to get our financial planning toolkit. You can do that as well. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We've sent out thousands of these financial planning toolkits over the years. And basically what they do is they just simply ask you a series of questions and take a look at your, you know, help you to organize your assets, liabilities, cash flow, debts, all that type of stuff. And then it sort of draws a line in the sand and asks the question, hey, you know, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? And that gives you the start into building out your financial plan. Uh, speaking of that, you know, this, this past week I was, um, uh, uh, again, I, I had an interview with uh, Market Watch, and they were asking, you know, well, how, how do people go about uh, keeping money in bonds that are, that are it, while we're in a rising interest rate environment? And as many people know, that as interest rates rise, bond prices tend to drop. And so you want to take a look here at that there's two sides to the bond street. And basically what one, one side is the interest rate sensitivity side, while the other side is the credit sensitivity side. So in a rising interest rate environment, there's a couple of choices that one has to basically not lose principal as best you can in a rising interest rate environment. So let's take a look at one of them, and it's called laddering bonds. And what I mean by laddering bonds is this. Let's suppose that you decide that for whatever reason you wanted to have, let's say, 20 25% of your portfolio in fixed income or bonds. You know, the purpose of bonds is to deliver income, and growth is secondary. It's also to give you some sort of ballast if the market goes down. You know, they, they're not as risky. They don't, you know, lose as much and, and that type of stuff. But... If you wanted to have that 20 or 25% of your portfolio in bonds, as you probably should as you get closer to retirement, right, or in retirement years, how do you prevent from when interest rates rise the bond prices actually going down? And one of the ways you can do it is called a laddering bond portfolio. And what I mean by that is let's just suppose that, that you were going to have, let's say, uh, $100,000 in your portfolio and you wanted that to be in bonds. You might want to take um, 10 different bonds, individual bonds of $10,000 each, and buy the actual individual bond itself. So let's suppose you bought one bond for $10,000, and it matured, let's say, in, in uh, March of 2018. And then you were to buy another bond that matured in maybe June of 2018. And so you ladder out the maturities of these bonds. And what happens here is each bond will pay its interest, and then when it matures on that day, it matures back at the par price or the $10,000 in this simple example. But in between now and when it matures, if interest rates rise, on paper, well, listen, only on paper will the bond price drop. If you sell it in between now and the maturity date, you could lose principal. But if you hold it to maturity date, you could actually um, uh, re, re, get your re principal returned back to you and made the interest all along the way. So that's one of the ways that you you minimize your principal loss during 
uh, a rising interest rate environment with bonds is to have your money in in a fixed income position like that. Sorry, would this be comparable to the buy low and sell high kind of an idea for for bonds? Not really, Chris, because what you want to do is you want to protect from from the uh, the the sensitivity of interest rates rising and your bond price going down. Now, when you buy the bond, you're going to buy the bond either at par or at a premium or at a discount. So let's suppose you bought the bond. Let's say, let's say par value of the bond is 100. Let's suppose you bought the bond at 98. So you're paying 98 cents on the dollar for the bond. Mm-hmm. Now you're buying it low, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if interest rates go up, that bond could actually go down to 97, so 96, reverse, 92 yeah. price. But if you hold it to maturity, Guess where it matures back? It matures back at 100, not the 98 you bought it at, but at 100. So right now, people are scrambling around to look for bonds that are at a discount to purchase and hold individually until they mature. Uh, there's not too many of them out there left, okay? <laughs> yeah. But but you, you have to take a look at that. So, so, you know, that's one scenario. The second scenario is to have what we would call like a balance type of a fund or an allocation fund where you would actually purchase a mutual fund. And inside that mutual fund, you might have, let's say, maybe 60, 65% of the makeup of that fund being in bonds. And the other 30, 35% maybe be, maybe be in, in blue chip type stocks. That way, as interest rates rise, the economy is expanding, the stock prices should rise as well, and they're counterbalance any principal loss that you may have on the bond section of that portfolio. Those have been working. Those types of balanced funds have been working extremely well over the last three or four years, and especially with the interest rates rising right now. So. So that's another way that you can take a look at it. And the other way is to look at the third way here is to really take a good look at what type of, of uh, credit risk you're willing to take on the bonds. There are some bonds that actually do well, some bond funds actually do well in rising interest rate environments really? such as what we're in right now. Yes, and those those bonds really have called credit risk in them. And, and, and they're, they're called senior secure debt bank loan funds uh, or floating rate bond funds. They do well in rising interest rate environments such as this right now. So when it comes to, you know, remember, we're having an interest rate change. We are definitely raising interest rates over time, and your bond portfolios need to be examined and really take a good look at. So three solutions there to make sure that you don't lose principal as interest rates rise. This is, for some reason, confusing to a lot of people, but it's pretty simple once you get sit down and you see all these types of charts uh, in, in, in – uh, uh, in, in front of you, it can be very easily explained. So, mm-hmm. hey, give us a ring here at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, if you want to clear up the bonds, find out what's going on there. We're going to come back over the over the break. We're going to be talking a little bit about Social Security, how and when to maximize it. Give us a call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you 
you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703 703- 201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, let me give you a telephone number. You can call right now if you'd like. The phone number is 855-767-3123. Any questions you have for Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio, can be answered right there at that phone number, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure. Let's welcome Jim on the line. Good morning, Jim. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Larry? I'm doing well. Happy Easter, sir. How can I help you? Happy Easter, you too, sir. The Lord is risen, or will be soon. <laughs> Indeed, he already has. Um, yeah. Yes, a couple more days he has, but yeah. Um, the question I have is, I'm 58. I'm at the top of my income earning now. I'm taking 10% out of my paycheck to go my 401k, trying to get ready for that lucky uh, R day, right? And yep. um, I've got a few bonds, uh, and what I've got, I've got, I've got about $15,000 cash that's just sitting in a savings account, collecting you know half a percent. I want to know what I could do, what would be the best thing for me to do with that cash so I could put it in and have it for me when I, re- and when I retire. And that's another deal. Do I wait till it's 62 and a half or 65? I'm really I, – I looked at the charts through Social Security um, about the difference in the income for early retirement versus the 65 and the late. And I take the money that I'm getting each month times it by the years, and uh, it looks like it's going to take about eight years. If I take it out early, it takes about eight years for me to, to, to about balance out what, you know, the, the dollar amount. So, as Jim, far so. As how much cash I'm pulling. Okay, so two things here. One, one of the things, well, first, let's, let's talk about the latter one first, which is actually okay. a subject that I was going to talk about today anyway. It's yes, called sir. Social Security timing. When to take Social Security could actually be one of the largest financial decisions in your life. So, so yes, I get and understand that if you take Social Security at your normal retirement age, let's say 66 in five months or 67 or whatever it may be, versus taking it at 62, you will actually receive more dollars from Social Security. Your break-even point is usually around 79, 80 years of age, okay? But here's the question that I have for you, and here's where the answer really lies. Let's suppose you decide to retire at 62, not take Social Security, but defer Social Security to your normal retirement age. But now you're having to withdraw money from your own own retirement accounts and savings. So right. suppose you have to withdraw, let's say, I don't know, pick a number, eighteen grand a year from your own savings and investments, right? 
And right. and so so you're letting your social security grow, but you're having to withdraw eighteen thousand a year, which is ninety hundred thousand dollars or so over five years, right? Got to take it all of it. What would happen if you decided to take social security at sixty two and not have to withdraw your own savings and investments? Where which scenario is going to give you and your family more money today as well as down the road? So a lot of yeah. people will make the mistake and just say, oh, well, yeah, I want to wait till Social Security pays me the maximum. Meanwhile, they're spending down their own money. So the answer to your question is, is I run this out all the time for people in their financial plans because Social Security timing is what I call it. It's one of the largest decisions that you need to make, that along with your pension choice, okay? So so the okay. answer to your question is I need to crunch these numbers for you and, and you know, take, take, take 30, 40 minutes to do so after I get your information. That's the answer okay. to your question. That's the math that you have to look at. As far as your first question goes on the money that's in your savings account, how to get a little bit better interest rate as far as, as versus what it's paying today, here's the deal. I want you to have money in the bank for emergencies. If you feel there's excess money there, then just start thinking about, you know, sort of a, a, a ruler. And you start the ruler at one inch, then you go to two inch, then three inch, then four inch to give you a visual here over the radio. So the bank account's sitting there at one inch. The further you move money away, two inches, the more risk you have to principal. Three inches, more risk. Four inches, even more risk. Do you see what I mean? So there are yes, some sir. bond funds, bond positions in the one and a half inch, two inch area that'll give you, you know, three, four percent interest rate with very little fluctuation in principal. Those would be the areas that I would describe for you to look to move portions of the money that's the excess money that's in your savings account to garner a little bit better interest rate. Okay, okay. so you you want to be you want to be wise of the principal risk when you're moving money out of the bank because you're still trying to treat it as reserve money, but you want to have as little exposure to downside principal risk. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yep. So, Jim, here's what I can okay. do for you if you'd like. I'll put you on hold, and we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and to give you the the calculation on when you should take Social Security or not, as well as uh, looking at the bank reserves, okay? That, that'd be great. I really appreciate what you're doing for everyone. Sure, Good. absolutely. Absolutely. Let me put you on hold, Jim, and uh, we'll have someone uh, give you a ring next week. Bob will get some of your contact information. Appreciate it, and have a wonderful Excellent. Easter. Excellent. God bless you. You too. Thanks. You can listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's move on over to Falls Church and welcome Linda on the line. Good morning, Linda. How are you today? Hi. Um, yeah, I don't really understand investments as well as you do, and I didn't understand what you were explaining to the guy, so forgive me for being a little bit um, uneducated. But, no worries. Um, That's why we have this show, trying to help people. Well, my situation's kind of more desperate. I'm uh, on a very extremely low fixed income on disability, okay? And I don't even have a burial plot or any of that. And I do have, um, I guess it would be considered whole life insurance that my mother bought for me so that when I die, there's a, a very small amount of money that my daughter will have in order to take care of those expenses, but I don't have a place to put myself. And I, as far as investments, I, I, I usually just put money in the bank because I'm afraid of losing. You can lose when you risk money in investing it, and you have to be careful. 
and since I live on such a small margin, you know, um, it's very risky. So I don't, I don't know. I don't have a very educated question to ask. I'm sorry, but I, I just wanted some advice. Linda, here's here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to send you out our financial planning toolkit, okay? And that's going to sort of outline for you your budgets today, which it sounds like to me you're managing well, but it's also going to enable you to take a look down the road and get get ready for, you know, later years in life when inflation has been creeping up, maybe taxes and things like that. Um, it's important that we look at making your money outpace taxes and inflation for the long haul down the road. We also have to make sure that your your expenses today remain relatively flat uh, if your income doesn't rise with inflation and taxes down the road. So that's what I'd like to do for you is is to have someone reach out to you next week and, and get, get you with the, the toolkit and to start to start building this out. Don't worry so much right now about the education on how investments work. What we need to do first is draw a line in the sand and say, how's my situation going to look 3, 5, 8, 12 years down the road with the income that you have coming in versus your expenses today and try and anticipate that. Then we That's can not back- a very good picture because uh, uh, inflation eats away my fixed income and I'm not able to work because of memory issues. So. You know, the future doesn't look that bright. That's kind of tough. Right. I understand that. I'm sorry to hear that about your situation. And that's why I wanted to take a look at what we need to do is just look at where your income and expenses are today and then back in the right types of investments um, on a very minimal basis to outpace inflation so that we can rise your savings and investments with the cost of increased living expenses. That's where I wanted to to move the conversation to, okay? Mm. Let me go ahead and put you on hold here, Linda, and we'll have somebody send you out some information and give you a follow-up phone call next week. I appreciate the phone call. We'll get you the the education that you need and have a wonderful, wonderful Easter. You're listening to Making Money Sense. We'll be back in a moment with more of your phone calls. You are listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Housing prices and interest rates have started to move up. This may be your last chance to take advantage of low rates and housing bargains. If you're considering purchasing a home within the next year, you need to call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage First to take advantage of his Loan First program. This can give you a winning bid over the competition, even when you come up against cash offers. The Loan First program will have you fully pre-approved so that you understand all aspects of your loan before you start looking for your dream home. Buy in confidence when you have your Loan First certificate, which shows the seller your loan is already pre-approved and they can avoid any unnecessary negative surprises at settlement. Troy's been helping homeowners for over 20 years in the D.C. metro area, and he and his team are ready to help you. Call him today at 571-490-7117. That's 571-490-7117 for your loan first pre-approved certificate, 571-490-7117, or simply visit his website at anyhomeloans.com. Remember, you want control when you're making an offer on a home. Get your loan first certificate. Call Troy Turow at McLean Mortgage. 
571-490-7117. Troy Turo and McLean Mortgage Corporations in MLS number 5618 and 99665. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And if you'd like to dial in, we've just got a couple of minutes here left in the program. But you're certainly welcome to dial in and get some answers from our financial and retirement expert here in studio. That telephone number is 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. There. Sure, absolutely, Chris. Glad to jump back in. And again, happy Easter to everyone. Um, you know, surveys and surveys are out there. Survey all over the place. says, ching. Yes. <laughs> Survey says. There you go. Very good. What show was that anyway? Family Feud. Family Feud. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's back on now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Good that's, show. That, that is. Um, so, you know, how much should you save for retirement? A lot. Is the question. Yeah, a lot. There you go. A lot. And, and, um, uh, you see all kinds of surveys out here. I, I came across one earlier uh, this past week. Thought, you know what? Let's talk about this a little bit because it is just interesting when you see the questions asked and the answers slanted to it. And, you know, wh- how much pre retirement income do you need to replace? Some people say you need to replace 70%. Some people say 80%. Some people say, you know, well, you have the formula, you take 100 minus your age. That's the the amount of stocks you should have versus bonds you should have, all different kinds of things. And survey after survey is is done like this. But, But here's the deal on that. I will tell you this, that I see for the majority of people them desiring to replace 100% of their pre-tax, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 100% of their pre-retirement net income. So let's look at that, their pre-retirement net income. This is, when you see these surveys out there, this is what I want you to start thinking about. Let's suppose you make 100000 a year, just to do math easy. Well, you're going to spend some money in state and federal taxes, right? Then FICA tax. Then maybe you're putting money into your 401K or the government TSP or whatever the case may be. And then you might be doing something else. But at the end of the day, when you get your net paycheck deposited into your checking account, that's the number that people shoot for to try and replace in their retirement years. Because one of the simple questions that I ask people is, do you like your standard of living today? If you like your standard of living today, then why not let's replace what your net income is after all deductions are taken out of your pre-retirement check? Make sense? Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. So so people get caught up in saying, well, okay, so I want to replace 70% of what I'm making now, but defining what you're making is a little bit harder. So take a look at what your net deposit paycheck is then talk about hey do i want to do i want to replace just 70 percent of that or do i want to replace a hundred percent of that that's how you back into the number that you need for your financial plan and if you say and if the answer to your question is well you know after i look at all that stuff larry my standard of living is pretty good i'm happy with it you know maybe we got too much coming in then we can replace less but that's really the formula and what you want to really try to uh, re, uh, replace in your re- post post retirement income. 
Uh, don't get all caught up into all these different surveys and things and all these formulas. It's individual for each person's family when it comes down to it. Hey, so for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of it. Have a wonderful, wonderful Easter. Happy uh, Easter. Yep, happy Easter. Praise the Lord. He has risen. He has risen indeed. All glory Amen. to Jesus. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.